Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop the Ball. My God, we are back again, and right in front of me is Jackson Wilkes and not Oliver Hutchison because Oliver doesn't want to be here anymore. <sighs> I hate that guy. I know. Gosh, it's okay. I'm so sick of him. I think that the best way to yeah, uh, Jackson Wilkes is in front of me. I'm Matt Robinson. This is Drop the Ball, but uh, we like to start it off sometimes with something funny. Yo, I have you seen that shit on Twitter about the. Oh my God, the Pfizer vaccine! Look what it's done. To oh me. yeah, the people, the people like having like spasms. Yeah, or, the fake ass. Like yeah. this, this woman who literally is like shaking her legs and is like, "Oh, can't do anything." <laughs> and it's like, but the camera is completely like someone said like, dead straight on. Someone it. said, "Is Pfizer the name nickname of your vibrator?" <laughs> like, here's the thing. If you're going to make some shit up, at least be good at it, you know? Yeah. Like, like you know, like, here's the deal, you know? I went to I went to four years of secondary education for theater, you know? Yeah. Respectfully, I can tell that you're acting. Two? Maybe shake the camera, too. <laughs> A, figure shit out. Two, that was dog shit. And C, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like... It's dumb, dude. It's There's a lot of good memes about it, though. My favorite was uh, was somebody was editing the their home screen on the iPhone, and like, and somebody said it's like, oh my god, my iPhone took the took the Pfizer vaccine, and uh, you don't have an iPhone, you're not gonna know. I don't have an iPhone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. Do you know? Okay, so you know the it shakes the the icons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's like my iPhone's been crazy. It just <laughs> got the. It just got the. Have you have you seen Nebraska's like inflatable version of their mascot that they have? You know, like they have like Herbie Husker as their mascot. They have sure. They have like an inflatable version of it. Um, and like he'll like get on his he'll like the dude in the costume will like flip over and like like bounce up and down on the character like the mascot's head basically. Ooh. So it looks like he's bouncing up and down on his head. But in order to do so, he, like, lays down on the ground and, like, fucking seizes on the ground for, like, 30 seconds while he's trying to turn around in the, <laughs> the, in the costume. And it looks exactly like these Pfizer videos. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's, dude, it's scary. That mascot, that and the Stanford tree, I have nightmares about him. Herbie, the inflatable husker in the Stanford tree, I have nightmares. Just, just, they're just obscene. Sports trauma as at its finest. Yeah, like I don't have beef with mascots, but those two I'd kill. I would shoot them with no question. Nothing stopping me. Heard it here first, folks. If Herbie the Husker inflatable goes missing. It's me. It's Jackson. It was me. I can promise <laughs> you that. Jackson took him out. I can promise you that it was me. <laughs> if you're listening right now, uh, what are they called? They're that useless program. What is it? Huskers? Uh <laughs> If any Husker fans out there listening, yeah. you better watch the hell out. Man. Yeah. All right. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming. You, and I'm killing his ass. You heard that. You I'm heard that here that first. Little fuck. Jackson's coming. He's coming for you. Sorry. That got really dark really fast. Boom. I would never shoot anybody, but that dumb fucking mascot, I would. Let's talk about people we wouldn't want to shoot. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know what he might want to shoot up, though? His ankle. What? You might want to shoot up his ankle. Shoot up his ankle? Well, yeah. What's he shooting it up with? Cocaine got, or drugs or? Yep. Because that, that's what you shoot up. Cocaine, cocaine in the ankle. Yeah, cocaine in the ankle. That's what gets me. Well, yeah, because if you missed 
any of this game, which you probably didn't if you're listening right now, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle kind of got screwed up. And so we're going to see how he plays, even though he went out there and proved that Patrick Mahomes on one foot is still better than Josh Allen. So that's <laughs> good. <laughs> anyway, we are a sports show. We should probably start talking about that. We're going to start with the Airhead Chop Talk. And then, oh, my God, we're going to swing over to the K because the Royals are wheeling and We wheeling. have Royals news. <laughs> cool. Then we're going to end with, with uh, Drop the Ball, which um, I've heard on the streets is America's favorite segment. It's reclaiming that title every week. It is America's favorite segment, even if we free ball it every week. That's what I mean. Guys, I don't think you realize how hard it is to find stuff for this segment. Yeah. It's tough. We work really hard. (laughs) Yeah, we put a lot of effort and time and research. Yeah. But, you know. And with that, we're going to go to the Arrowhead Chop Talk, and we're going to talk about this divisional matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Chiefs. Taking care of business 27 to 20. Like we said before, Patrick Mahomes exited the game for a little bit, uh, leaving Chad Henney in there. And we'll get to that in a, in a minute. But of course, everything is going to be it's Mahomes' watch. It's Mahomes' it's ankle watch. Like that's what is going to be happening this week. All the cameras are going to be on him, seeing if he's got any, if he's got any, uh, like if he's got a boot on, if he's got a brace on, if he's got whatever, you know that like the media is going to be covering this like it's the sec- second coming of God. Like everybody is going to be looking at Mahomes' ankle and seeing what's going on. Um, which unfortunately that might get in the in the get into uh, the final result of the game, but hopefully it doesn't affect him that much. I mean, with a high ankle sprain, everybody is everybody's different, of course. So we'll just have to see how he plays. But it's kind of tough to think, as well as the the Bengals are playing right now, if you think that the Chiefs can actually make their way out with Patrick Mahomes on a bum, bum ankle. Do you think that they can make it? I mean, I think they can totally make it out, but it's – it's tough. I mean, Mahomes not at 100% against the Bengals who were, look like they're the hottest team in the NFL Well, so right here's now. here's my hope. And I think that this is a genuine, a very genuine and realistic um, scenario. Andy Reid has coached a lot of different quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of different types of quarterbacks as well. And I'm sure you've seen the, the tweets or the memes about it, but... He game-planned around Alex Smith being his quarterback for six years yeah. before he had Patrick Mahomes and did pretty damn well at it. And not to mention, Patrick Mahomes, even with a sore right ankle, still has significantly better field vision and arm strength than Alex Smith. Um, I think if that offensive line can step up and give him even three seconds per drop back, um, my hope is that Andy Reid can not only game plan for Patrick Mahomes not being able to move as well, but can also take advantage of the fact that opposing teams are going to want to get to him fast. We have the talent. We have the we have the talent on the line and in our receiving cores. We have the best possible situation for a quarterback who needs to probably check the ball down more often than not with Travis Kelsey, and. Our defense can definitely step up and do their job by keeping the Bengals from putting together long, um, you know, just monotonous drives that kill our ability to do the same to them. Um, a lot of things have to go right, that being said, but 
Um, I I mean, if any if any coach in the entire NFL can game plan around one of the best players in the world not being fully healthy, it's Andy Reid. And I think you saw that, especially with Chad Henney's 98-yard drive, which is the longest drive in yep. Chiefs postseason history, yep. is led by Chad Henney, not by Patrick Mahomes. And it was – it. of course, we had a great Pacheco run there. Which well, yeah. But Pacheco looked really but, well, good in the I game. Think, I think you – I mean, you mentioned Pacheco, and I think that is something that we absolutely need to talk about going into this matchup. You know, we saw – we didn't see a lot of McKinnon in this last game against the Jaguars. And a big part of that is because Pacheco played great. I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but, I mean, he had, what, at least one 30-yard rush, I think? Yeah, yeah, he had that. It was like and, a 37. And dude 30. is just so hard to bring down if he's going if he gets downhill on you. I mean, like, if he gets downhill before you make contact with him, he's going to take you for another three yards. It's, like, cra- it's crazy. He's not even that big of a dude, all things considered. Like, he's not small, but, I mean... He was drafted for his speed, not his ability to run through a tackle, you know? I I think this week we could see a very different Chiefs offense because we not only have Tony back and we should have McCole Harbin back, God willing, you know, but our run game is also functioning at a significantly higher and better level than it was the first time we played the Bengals. I think that's how you win against the Bengals. I think you control the clock with the, with the run game and then you have Pat, Pat come out whenever he can and – throw the ball because here's the thing here is the thing everybody's like oh well pat's just not going to be as good if he can go outside the pocket i'm like yeah okay that's what makes pat's pat special 100 percent. but let's not forget that patrick mahomes can play in the pocket and he's oh, yeah. very very good still well let's not even act like he can he's not still somewhat capable of moving around either you know like he's played on worse than from what i'm gathering he's played on worse than what he's got now like the whole turf toe thing in 2021, was it? 2020. Yeah. yeah. That for everything that I've gathered that this that was significantly worse than what this is, you know? High ankle sprains suck. The only the only problem is the only problem is that Tony Romo came out on the broadcast for the Bengals Bills game and they were talking about how uh how he's had that injury before and he's like you by Wednesday, Thursday sometimes, it's not even until that point to where you start actually feeling it. Which no, is, yeah. I, which I, is which is tough. Yeah, and you understand that, but my thing is I feel like we wouldn't see Mahomes anywhere if uh if this injury was as bad as it was, or if they if it was that bad, they would have pulled him out of the game. Yeah, I I, I think I think respectfully I Tony I mean Tony Romo, I usually take his word for for grant for for what it is at, at very very face value because I trust him as a as a former player and he, as as much as he probably gets a little overzealous with his celebration of certain players and their abilities he definitely knows what he's talking about and he's not willing to he's willing to or he's good lord I can't talk he's willing to say things from a player perspective that other commentators maybe won't without that player background you know there's things that he can and does say that he is granted the ability to say because he has been there and done it um that being said tony romo is not patrick mahomes talent wise ability wise they're different players they're different types of players they're different people you know, like Tony Romo, I mean, like I, I totally agree that like 
I've I've had ankle injuries, a lot of ankle injuries before, you know, like personally, and I'm not either of them either, you know, but like I've had ones that were almost identical to each other. It felt like at first and three days later, I couldn't walk on it. And the next day I could. And, you know, it, it, the ankle injuries are so bizarre, but like Tony Romo's opinion on this really doesn't doesn't affect my opinion, my personal viewpoint of it, because he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. The only person that can tell us how Patrick Mahomes is going to play and how he feels is Patrick Mahomes. And he's 100% going to come out here and be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm yeah. good. Don't worry about me. I genuinely believe that he could tear his ACL, play an entire game, win that game, and then and then three weeks later it comes out that he tore his ACL and won the game. Like, he, I mean, he's crazy talented, and if anybody in the entire league can rely on their – pure arm strength to not have their plant foot and still be successful. It's Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need his plant foot to throw 50 yards downfield. Yeah. And And that's why I'm not too concerned. Yeah. I, I think that, I think the biggest issue is going to be your defense. I think that's, that's a bigger thing. Yeah. And I think that, and we can dive into, we can dive in more in what happened during the divisional round. I don't think the defense played terrible on Saturday against the Jags, but oh, I also great. don't think they played awesome. You don't think? Uh-oh. I here's so here's my opinion of it. If um, it wasn't for if it wasn't for little mistakes that um that young teams make, like the fumbling and just like some some drops that they had, like I don't think the Bengals are are dropping those balls and I don't think that they are that they're committing those turnovers. Yeah. Except for the Jalen Watson pick. The Jalen Watson pick was insane. Like I, so looking at it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty pedestrian game by the defense. I mean, they only gave up 20 points. That's huge. Uh, they gave up 349 total yards of offense. Um, turn the ball over twice. Uh, but I think that – I don't think you can really downplay just how important it was that uh, Mahomes got hurt, went out of the game for probably, what, 20 minutes of game time? Maybe not 20 minutes of game time. Two drives, though. Um, still wasn't fully healthy. And that entire time until he got at least to somewhat full capability, the Jags only scored 10 points. I mean, three three of their points came with 30 seconds after the game. You know? That game very easily could have been a 17-point production by the same Jags team that scored 30-something and a half. They, they, they didn't score 30 and a half. They scored like 24. Still. But they did. Yeah, you're you know? right. Yeah. I think when it really comes down to it, your defense's goal is not to stop yards from happening. It's not to force turnovers. It's to stop points from being scored. Whether that's by forcing field goal attempts in the red zone or three and outs when you can get it or turning the ball over. Your your defense's job is to stop points from being scored. Okay, yeah. And they did that against an offense that was honestly a bit underrated, especially down the final stretch of the season. Um, Again, you said it and you were right. The Bengals are not 
the Jaguars. The Bengals are significantly better offense than the Jaguars. They have the best receiving core in the NFL. Um, and I will the best live by that. Res- the best wide receivers for sure. Um, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Are and their running back is more than good enough to establish the ground game and open up the pass game and if we're not careful. We can touch on the this game real quick on the, the Bengals-Bills game. but And you saw that. You saw that in Buffalo, in the snow, on Sunday. It was no contest. Yeah. No contest. Yeah. Joe Burrow was taking souls. And if you're a fan of the show, you know that, at least me, I have been on the Bengals bandwagon forever and, and until they started beating the Chiefs. And then I was like, it's not that I don't like them. I'm just, of course, have the – I have my uh, – opinions towards the chiefs so i'm not gonna cheer for them against the chiefs but i this is truly one of the only teams that i look and i'm like damn this is gonna be a really good game and i don't know if the chiefs will win it and it's not that i don't think they will i think that the chiefs will win and they definitely have the capabilities to do so but they have to be careful like they cannot be treating Treating Joe Burrow and these Bengals like it's nothing. So, yeah. I mean, here's so here's the deal with the AFC. And we said this last week. I'll say it again this week. The AFC is insane this year. It's beatdown after beatdown. I wasn't 100% convinced we were going to beat the Jaguars. Because, frankly, they came out after an insane performance against the Chargers and showed that they can be down big against a team that, frankly underperformed but was still massively talented uh and come back you know i i I, there's no guarantees and say i could see the chiefs coming out here i think it's just as likely that we lose by 20 and win by 20 you know like i i I could see the chiefs showing up and patrick mahomes has four touchdowns 400 yards i could also see the chiefs showing up and scoring 15 points and losing this game Uh, it's it it, in to be completely honest with you it comes down to a bunch of young guys on either team doing something that they have not shown before. I think that's really what it... What, at the end of the day, you will have a great performance from a very young Chiefs secondary or a great performance from a very young uh, Bengals offense. I think at the end of the day, those are the two most important things that it'll come down to. Can Jamar Chase have another 250-yard game? Or can our offense or can our defense that whose average age is probably 25 force a couple turnovers and hold the Bengals to under 25 points. The Chiefs are going to have to score 30 to win this game. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. They that the defense didn't play that bad against the Bengals in Cincinnati. We only allowed what? 27 points to one of the best offenses in the league? Yeah, 27. It was 27-24. Yeah. And I mean I mean if you told me we only gave up 27 to the Bengals, and what, 24 to the Bills in those two matchups this season? I'd tell you that we win at least one of them. And we did. Frankly, what? No. Or no, we didn't. We lost both of those. I lost. What it comes down to is that our defense, time and time again, has shown that they can step up and at least hold the opposing team to a mediocre game. And with the offense that we have, that should be enough. Yeah. And, and when it, I think this weekend, what we're going to see is that defense is going to have to step up again in order for Andy Reid to cook for in order for Andy Reid to have to to take his shots and to feel comfortable taking his shots we're gonna see a couple plays where we we either we walk away going what the fuck was he doing 
or oh my god he's a mad genius that shouldn't have worked yeah that's the thing it's and i i agree with you i i guess i'd never i never thought of that before i so believe that this game could be a lopsided it could be close or it could be lopsided by either team and i think we would both we would be not surprised if that was to happen like if the Bengals were to beat the shit out of the chiefs or if the chiefs were to beat the shit out of the Bengals, i don't think anybody would be surprised i mean of course the Bengals have had a really good playoff so far so um like that's what gets in the way but um i it's tough i keep going back and forth i think the chiefs will win i think that they actually will i have enough faith in them that that they will take care of business but but um you know the Bengals team is really, really good. They're great. It's really, really good. They're great. I was so this. I've said this about the Bengals. I don't know if I've said it on air, so I'll I'll repeat it. But I've been talking to people about this team. I think like before the Bills Bengals game, I was saying I think the Bills are a better team. The Bengals ceiling, however, is way higher. There's a reason they lost five five games this season, or just four. Bengals? Yeah. I think they only lost four. I think they okay. lost 12. And There's a reason that they weren't the one seed, though, right? Yeah. They're inconsistent. They're young as hell. Their coach probably takes a few more risks than he should. But at the same time, when those risks pay off and their young talent shows their potential, they could score 50 points on anybody. You know? It's... It, that's just the type of team they are. And frankly, I think they have a lot of players that and maybe this will maybe this will pan out horribly for me, but I think they have a lot of players that are never going to be anything more than that. They're going to be a lot of guys they're going it's possible that the the best they do is show up and, and this isn't a bad thing, but show up and one week drop 50 points and then go in against a middle of the road defense and lose by 5. You know? I I it's I, I just I look at this Bengals team and their ceiling is crazy high, but I think that the ability for for them to hurt themselves is also just as high. The most consistent player on their team is their wide receiver too. Mm, I think Joe Burrow is the most is their most consistent player. Not this season. I mean, he had a he, had he a struggled th- early in the season, and I would say for the back half of the season, absolutely. But T Higgins, you want you want you want me to tell you who who, who scares me the most on that entire team? It's T. It's T. Higgins. It's not Jamar Chase. It's not Joe Burrow. We know what those two good dudes can do. T. Higgins. I mean, it's kind of the same as same idea as like Sammy, like peak Sammy Watkins when he was with the Chiefs, you know, and like Gabriel Davis with the Bills. Like you know he's there, but he's not going to show that he's there until he drops 150 yards and three touchdowns on you, you know. Yeah. T. Higgins. T. Higgins scares the hell out of me because we know that we have to cover, we have to cover Jamar Chase like crazy. We know that we can't leave Joe Mixon a gap in the middle unless we want to give it 15 yards. We know that Joe Burrow is smart enough to only run when he needs to and has the arm to beat us over the top. What we don't know is what kind of game T. Higgins is going to have. And I think what it really comes down to, and I've, I, I said this earlier, the secondary is what is the most important in this game for us. Oh, coming yeah. into it. 100%. If, if Watson, who was not getting starting snaps against... Uh, the Bengals when we first played them shows up and he'll probably be on T Higgins, T Higgins. I bet you shows up and shows that he can lock down T Higgins and make him earn every single one of his catches. If Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed 
lock down Jamar Chase, then I genuinely believe that a beat-up offensive line for the Bengals gives up three sacks. I think that Joe Burrow does not run nearly as well as he did the first time because, frankly, that was what ended up killing us against him the first time was mm-hmm. Joe Burrow running. Sounds stupid because he's not that mobile. Yeah. But he's a, he's a smart runner. He's not a good runner. He's a smart runner. I think – and I – I think the biggest one of the biggest things going into this game too is you have to think of the the optics for the rest of the league for this game, which is Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill, the his arguably best best weapon, and if he goes to the Super Bowl in the same year that he loses Tyreek Hill, what does the rest of the AFC? Yeah, say? if he goes to the Super Bowl in a rebuild year, what does you the like, AFC do? Yeah. You're like, is the AFC like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do now? <laughs> right, right. Or and then. You also have the conversation if Joe Burrow goes into Kansas City two years in a row in the AFC Championship game. And beats game, Kansas City. And beats, and beats Kansas City. Yeah. Then you, you're you like, damn, is Burrow the best quarterback in the so NFL? So here's, here's what – here's how the kind the matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs kind of mat, lines up in my mind. The Bengals are to the Chiefs what Bills fans think the Chiefs are to the Bills. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. The Bengals are to the Chiefs what Bills to the fans think the Chiefs are to the Bills. The Chiefs, trying to remove all bias, are a better team than the Bengals. Every time they've played. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow, straight up. He's pro- I would. I Burrow's younger, he's been in the league as long, but every year they've been in the league together, He's the stats have been that, you know? Yeah. I would agree. Andy Reid, I think, is a better head coach than... I can't even remember his Zach name. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. I always forget his name for some reason. I have no clue it's why. It's basic as hell. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why. There's nothing special about his name. It's two first names. but um, yeah. And one of them is a girl's first name. <laughs> um, it's 2023. Don't cancel me, guys. Um, but, I mean, like... I think Andy Reid's a better coach than Zach Taylor. I think that... I mean, before this year, Tyreek Hill was as good, if not a better wide receiver, than Jamar Chase. Travis Kelsey is better than their tight end. What's that dude's name? Uh, he's good. I mean Hayden Hurst. Yeah, he's Hurst. He's decent. He's not. Tra- he's not Travis Kelsey. He had a really big game against Buffalo, but Joe Mixon is the only person on that entire team on any given year the last three years that I've gone. He's better than somebody we have on our team. Yeah, that's the only position. Their defense hasn't been better than a lot of our defensive guys. Our defensive line their defense, every year has been better than theirs. Their defense as a whole production is is good. It's more cohesive than it's, I think ours yeah, has yeah, ever yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I'd look at any one position group. No, yeah, 100%. And their defense, any of those years. And, but then you look at like how Bills fans think the Chiefs are, you know, like Bur- Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league, you know. Like you guys just find a way to beat us, you know. Like Stephon Diggs, Diggs is better than, than, than Tyreek Hill. Dawson Knox could be Travis Kelsey if he wanted to be. You know? Like, these are all things I've seen. Yeah. Bill's fans say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean McDermott's way smarter than Andy Reid. He doesn't piss away the clock. No Sean McDermott boner games. So, it's just, I think, like, when it really you really get down to brass tacks, the Bengals are a team that I don't think ever looks to be better than the Chiefs. But does a significantly better job, one, getting amped up to play the Chiefs or play that game. Mm-hmm. Two, does a significantly better job preparing to play that game. And three, 
does a significant significantly better job um enacting that game plan in the game that they play mm-hmm. each other in i the chiefs always seem to have a lack of of strategy when they play the Bengals. And I don't know what that's about. I don't know if Zach Taylor just has Andy Reid's number. I don't know if if the Bengals just have some... They always seem to think that they're getting shit on for some reason. I don't get the whole, like, we're underdogs, no one believed in us. You guys have been called contenders since day one. People were still talking about you as contenders when you were 2-4 and four this season, guys. They were 2-4. and four. No, they weren't 2-4 and four at one point. They were definitely three and four at one point, though. I'm pretty Bengals, sure. Bengals, probably. Yeah. Well, not three and. F- mm, they had a losing been, record at one point. Been, yeah, they have. They did win like a lot in a row. In the, but so, in that's the, the thing, though. It's like even then, people were still, you know, they're still not out of the hunt. They just need to turn things around. But like the Chiefs, people talk about people talk bad about the Chiefs all the time, and it hasn't been since 2019 when we won the Super Bowl. It's because that people- I felt like we were playing with a chip on our shoulder. And I th- I really think that's probably the. That's the difference maker in the fact that we are 0-4 against them with Burrow and Mahomes. 0-3, but yes. 0-3. Um, yeah, so this is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career in the playoffs that he's a home dog, a home underdog on the betting line. Do you think that uh, – you think you, Mahomes sees that, yeah? You think I, Mahomes – I hope to God he does because I, I have not seen like, – again, I have not seen the Chiefs play with a chip on their shoulder since 2019. Yeah, there's this not been is a the, single this is game. The, this is the time for them to. There's not been a single game where I watch them come out and go, "I'm pissed off. We've deserved to that be game here, against and the no Bucks. one thinks we've deserved to be here." That game against the Bucks this year. This year, you happened. think? Well, yeah, because I mean, they lost and they lost during the Super Bowl. I guess, in but Tampa even Bay. even then, I didn't. It didn't. I didn't feel that. So kind you of think you think that you think that uh, this is going to be set up for the. The Chiefs being like, oh, nobody thinks we can win. Okay, it's Burrowhead now. It's not Arrowhead. No, yeah, I like, dude. I want, I want Mahomes out here throwing four touchdowns. I want them to be up by three touchdowns with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. They get into the red zone and they score a fifth, shove it down their throat. I, I want Andy Reid so pissed off he's winning this game by sixty. You know, like I it. it that's the one thing that I feel like we've struggled with the most when we've been like the top dog. We've lost games that we shouldn't lose because we haven't played with aggression. We haven't played with a football mentality. It's been a win the game with the, at all costs, not a force your opponent into submission. Yeah. And I've said this on this podcast before, and I'm glad Oliver's not here because I feel like this would turn into an argument for some reason or another. But like, it, I'm not glad. I want him here. But it's just... I, I don't think I'm saying this as eloquent as I can, and there's a reason for that, and that's because football is not an eloquent sport, mm-hmm. right? You go out there and try to force your opponent into submission physically. You physically hit the shit out of people. I, Chris Jones doesn't have a playoff sack. I want him to have three and make a statement this weekend. I hope you know. I hope he does. Karloftis, people have been, I mean, even after he kind of turned it on and has like six and a half sacks now as a rookie. People have still been saying that he didn't pan out for a first-round pick. Go out there and bat a couple passes down and sack the hell out of Joe Burrow. You know, our secondary hasn't panned. Our young secondary hasn't panned out. Trey McDuffie's not worth it. Justin Reed talks a lot of trash and doesn't back it up. Justin Reed has been one of the best safeties of this in the entire NFL this season. He hasn't made big plays, but people don't target him because he's covering the shit out of his, out of the people in the backfield or not in the backfield in the secondary. Mm-hmm. 
Trent McDuffie, when we have Trent McDuffie, granted against worse quarterbacks, mm-hmm. we're we're giving up less than three hundred yards per game. Yeah, he, it's it's. I saw the stats. Yeah, he it, with yeah. Trent McDuffie, the Chiefs are eleven and one. The only loss coming against the Bengals. Yeah, and they are only giving up around like two hundred and five yards passing. And instead of two and a half touchdowns a game, it's one and a half touchdowns a game. Yeah, it's it. I think that you're right. I mean that. There's reasons for us to be pissed off and feel like we've been slided this season, even yeah. though we are we had the number one seed and we were considered contenders for the Super Bowl all season. You know, we people have been hyping us up all season. At, in the same breath, because we are top of the league, people hate on us. It's the same thing that happened to the Patriots, right? Yeah. And Tom Brady f- fed off of that. One of the reasons that he is the greatest quarterback to play the game of football as of right now. And because even when he was the undeniable best in the sport, he found something to piss him off. Yeah. It, and frankly, it annoys the hell out of him because he's always petty and always whining about something. But you can be petty and not whine. You can be petty and show up and take that to heart and 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 play like you're pissed off. I'm going to get off my soapbox because I've been talking for like 10 minutes. But like, no, you're okay. Not 10. But I, I, that's, that's the one thing that I want to see out of We go to the Super Bowl this year if we show up to this game this weekend on Sunday night. And play like our like we've actually been watching all the shit the Bengals have been saying the last month and a half. Like mm-hmm. we've been watching all of these sports commentators say that Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Mahomes. Like we've been watching all these people say that Chris Jones doesn't deserve Defensive Player of the Year, even though he leads all interior linemen in sacks. And it's just been a force of nature in some games. Yeah. Simple as that. I think they can put it all together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's look at our bold predictions, and then we'll move on to the Word. we'll move on to the uh, the coffin corner. So uh, last week, uh, Jackson said that the Chiefs would have two interceptions and three sacks by the Chiefs D. We just didn't have two interceptions. We had two uh, two turnovers, and I think they got they sacked Trevor th- exactly three times. Yeah. So uh, once again, Jackson is uh, pretty close. I said that Mahomes would have four hundred yards and uh, four touchdowns, and he got hurt, so mine is kind of next. Uh, Oliver said the Pacheco and Etienne would have a rushing touchdown. McKenna would have a receiving touchdown. Neither of those things happened, so Oliver is just not good at this. Nor am I. <laughs> Nor am I. I'm not gonna lie, honest. guys. I'm the goat at this. But uh, I'm the goat. But uh, Jackson, what do you what do you think is gonna happen this week? Bold prediction. Bold prediction for the Chiefs. This is the last the one Bengals. of the possible AFC season. Regardless yep. of what we do, right? Possible AFC season. The a- this the will AFC. be the last. These will, this will be the last game we do of an AFC opponent. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get bold. Patrick Mahomes is injured, right? Yeah. He has four touchdowns and 350 yards. Oh damn! You think Mahomes is gonna have four touchdowns, 350 pass yards? I don't give a fuck that he's injured. I don't give a fuck that the Bengals are playing for something. I don't care that this is a winner take all go to the Super Bowl game. I am predicting yeah. I am predicting that we win this game. And for us to win this game, we have to score 30 more points. And if we're going to score 30 more points, Patrick Mahomes is going to come out there with a fire up his ass and shove it down their throat. Simple as that. And, will Pat, this, and Pat, after the game, is just like, yeah, nobody thought we could win. Will this probably happen? No. But it's going to have to happen if we're going to win this game. It's not. We're not going to win a slugout, I don't think. We've shown that we cannot beat the Bengals in a slugout. We don't go punch for punch with them. We have to just beat them straight up. I like that. 
Um, see, for me, there are things I would like to happen. I don't care. I just want them to win. But there is one thing that that could happen this week that I'm going to predict that it's maybe my most bold thing that I have ever said ever. I think that uh I think that this defense is going to hold the Bengals under 20 points. Really? 20 or lower. So you agree with me that the this is this is the defense's game to Oh my step god, up. yeah. Okay. Like I I think uh So I mean, you think you think they locked down Hurst, Higgins, Jamar? Let's say twenty-four under twenty-four. Bengals under twenty-four points. I, yeah, I still think that's good because I mean they scored how much against the Bills? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. One by ten or one by seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. It's twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, they beat the hell out of them. They scored ten. You're right. God damn. I think that's. I think that's bold enough. Too. I think that's bold enough. I know. I. I think 24. it is. I think it is because honestly, here's the deal. This is something that I don't think I've heard anybody talk about, and I guess we probably should have mentioned it. The Bengals had to slug it out versus the Ravens the first round. They it is then, a divisional opponent. Right, but still. Yeah. Still. They had to bring out some of the... It's a great defense, though. They had to bring out some of the bells and whistles to beat them, right? Mm-hmm. Ravens is a good defense. I don't think it's... I don't think it... I think it's at least... I think the Chiefs are at least on par with that when they're at their best. Um, At their best? Maybe not... I think if you go best for best, the Ravens are better. But, like, I think the, the Chiefs could perform at the same level if they really hit their stride, right? Okay. Um then they had to go and play the other one of the other best teams in the AFC, right? It wasn't a close game by any means. It was only a 7-point game once in the first quarter. Maybe second quarter. Um and they ended up winning by 17 points pretty handily, but it was in the snow. Do you think that and then now this is a this is something that I I don't think will happen, but do you think that the Bengals will they'll see like oh yeah we we won these two games do you think that the fire will will like finally like i think like that the boosters won't make it that far it definitely helps that they had to keep that fire going for three games instead of two because the chiefs only won by seven but to be completely honest at least in person i felt very comfortable that whole game I don't think there was ever a moment personally where I was like, "Damn, we do not have control." Once of this. they got, once they got up by like ten, I like, was like, even cool. even with even like with we talked, I mean, we talked about it, even with um the quarterback, uh, Lord, Trevor Lawrence, no, Patrick Mahomes, no, Chad Henney, yeah, Henney. I wanted to say like Hetty or something like that. I don't know why, brain fart. Yeah, even with Chad Henney, right in the game, it like I still felt comfortable. That. That drive showed you enough of what our team spirit is for this season, this postseason, mm-hmm. for me to not be concerned about that game at any moment. There was maybe one time where I was like, damn, this could get tight if the Jaguars score here. Yeah. But it was only if they scored that I was concerned. Yeah, and I, I think it's tough because I think the def- the Chiefs defense either has a huge game or they like they're terrible. Like yeah. it's it like there's no they're in a young team. I, they're a young like, team. Yeah. Even in their best games, it took them a whole first quarter to adjust. And I think really what is what what the determining factor is. I have to go back and look, but the determining factor I think in my opinion is if they can if they can get punched in the mouth in the first quarter 
and adjust and not give up a, fir- a big first quarter still, then they're fine. It's the games that they've really struggled and we've probably lost because of them. They got punched in the mouth, gave up a big first quarter, and it was just not enough for them to recover. And even regardless how they played the rest of the game, it just wasn't enough for them to recover and give the offense a chance. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't you can't get punched in the mouth and give the Bengals 14 points like the Bills did in the first quarter. I think that okay. So I will ask you, what do you think the score is going to be? What do you think? Final score prediction. Uh, I said it before. I'll hammer it home. Chiefs have to score 30. So I'm going to say they haven't done this a lot this season. Uh, but with my prediction, I'm going to say the Chiefs score. Thirty-two. I'm gonna say it's thirty-two. That's a normal score, right? I was gonna say I was gonna say thirty-one because thirty-one. Uh, yeah, I always get mixed up on the math. Thirty-two made sense in my head, but then I thought about it and I was like, no, it doesn't. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thirty-four. I'm gonna say they score a couple of field goals here, as well. I'm gonna say thirty-four to twenty-eight. I was gonna say twenty-seven. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Twenty. 28 would be four touchdowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. 34-28. Maybe maybe 34-27 because they go for two at the end of the game. Don't get it. 31-20 to 20 is what I was thinking. Chiefs win 31-20. to 20. Yeah. Because I think I think what's going to happen is like we like we said, I think that I think we're both teams are going to get started out quick going to get started. And I think that they're both teams will have success at the beginning of the game, but once that's the second quarter hits, I think it's going to be like, oh damn, like what's going to happen? That third quarter is going to be very, very important. And I think the same thing is going to is going to happen to what happened in the Bills championship game in 2020 against the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Bills in the AFC championship game. Yeah, 2020. I think that like the game will be pretty close, but then at the end, the Chiefs will pull away. I think that's what'll. I hope so. I think that's what'll happen. I yeah. I think I I do think that this is gonna be a slugfest and that scares me. But I think going into the later moments of the fourth quarter, the Chiefs have got to be up by two touchdowns because Burrow's going to drive and give you give them a touchdown in the fourth quarter, regardless of what the score is. That's the kind of fire that I want the Chiefs to come out and play with. And that's the last thing I'll say is that if regardless of what the score is, I want a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We could be up by three touchdowns at that point. I want a fourth. Yeah. That's the fourth quarter. We got to be scoring seven points at some point, regardless of what the score is. That 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 wins us the game. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back with uh, Coffin Corner and America's favorite segment. Segment. Right after this. Before we get into the next section, we would like to thank our sponsors, the List Show Sell KC Group with Keller Williams Key Partners. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, they serve clients with superior customer service and integrity while going the extra mile to make your transaction the best it can be. Find them on Facebook by searching List Show Sell KC. Slide into home with the List Show Sell KC Group. It's what they do. Be sure to find us on all our social media accounts. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DropTheBallPC. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the Facebook page, both at DropTheBallPodcast. And we are back with the Kaufman Corner. Thank God we can timely, we can talk about the Royals. For real, man. It's, it's been, been forever. literally forever. First, first thing, and this happened this week, 
or this past week, and I immediately texted Jackson. I was like, what the hell are they doing? The Royals signed Aroldis Chapman, allegedly. It's not official yet, but it's because of the two things that happened after they, they signed Aroldis Chapman as to why we haven't seen him be officially signed. I think they need roster space, and they were trying to get rid of people, and they ended up doing that. But they signed Aroldis Chapman. We were like, what the hell's going on? And then we see out of nowhere that they are... Tr- and there was what a report that like literally like f- five hours max before it actually happened. The Roy- yeah, the, there was a there was a tweet that went out that was like, the Royals apparently have a few trades in the works, and don't be surprised if it happens. Yeah, and so they traded immediate they immediately traded Michael A. Taylor to the Twins for left-handed reliever we haven't really seen but he's 25 years old and he's yeah. only pitched out of the bullpen so he'll probably be a bullpen piece he has good good stats though in double Ever, a triple a last Sisk, year though yeah, yeah i mean he looks he looks pretty decent he'll he'll be up next year yeah which is what's exciting about it. i it's not that his ceiling is crazy high it's that he, i think at worst he'll be i mean he's got decent strikeout numbers maybe a few more walks than you'd like but he's a le- he's a crafty lefty who can come out of the pen and the fifth, sixth inning. Yeah, and then another, um, and then another pitcher named Stephen Cruz. Uh, he was ranked number twenty-three in the in the twin system, according to MLB Pipeline. And if he could just throw a strike, he'd be two. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. His control has really been the biggest the biggest thing, and he his uh, from many reports, his fastball could be lethal. So I mean, um, literally, because <laughs> he doesn't know where it's going. I mean, yeah. Um, no. So. Scouting grades are out of eighty. His fastball is seventy-five. Yeah, it's that's you don't see seventy-five grades on anything. You don't see often. seventy grades on anything. Um, so basically, if he can just get a, like a fifty-grade control instead of forty-grade control, he will be on our roster and he could be disgusting. Yeah, he's also got a like a sixty-grade I think slider. So if he can just throw a strike, he could be really good. Yeah, and hopefully with this new pitching staff, with coming from Cleveland, we'll, we'll Brian Sweeney coming from Cleveland, we'll we'll see what happens there, and then so Michael A. Taylor is traded to the Minnesota Twins for those two relievers, and then twelve hours later, they're like, Alberto Mondesi has been traded to the Boston Red Sox, and I didn't like this one. Not a fan of this one. You didn't like this one, okay? No. Well, not uh, nearly as much as the Michael A. Taylor one. Well, to be honest with you, I wanted I wanted Michael A. Taylor gone, no matter what. So yeah. I didn't really care. And the fact that they got a 25 year old lefty and a 23 year old right handed two guys that for, are for Michael A. Taylor. That's two, what they got. Yeah, two two guys who, regardless of their ceiling, are pre prime, and at least have some sort of upside. Yeah, and then um, Alberto Mondesi was traded to the Boston Red Sox for for uh, Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, which is which is a left-handed specialist that came out of the Red Sox bullpen during their their uh, their playoff run in 2021. The he was actually pretty good. Um, he is, unfortunately, in my opinion, the opposite of what I just said. The two guys we got from the Twins are pre-prime with a little bit of upside. And yes, he does. He is he's an older arm. Things. He's got three years left of control on his contract, which I guess I like. Um, but you also have no idea what you're getting. So that's he didn't play last season because he had Tommy John. Yeah, he could come out, I guess, and maybe be fully fixed and throw a 2.4 ERA in 60 innings. But the last full season he played of baseball, he had less innings than games played, um, and he had some decent strikeout numbers. But he also had um, he also had almost one walk for every two strikeouts, which is not that great. So. 
not to mention we also sent a player to be named later with Mondesi for Josh Taylor. Yeah. I get that Mondesi hasn't been healthy for anything more than 100 games ever in his career. Mm-hmm. I get that um, Josh Taylor is at least a guy who's proven he can pitch in the majors. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't hate it nearly as much if it was just straight up Taylor for Mondesi. But the fact that we're trading someone with as high of a ceiling as Mondesi has, even on a one-year deal, um, for just Josh Taylor is a little frustrating. And then you add on the fact that we're going to have to give someone else up, depending on how well Josh Taylor plays. Honestly, best case scenario is that Josh Taylor's dog shit this season. He doesn't figure it out until next year when we have two years of club control for him. Um, because I'm going to be pissed off if we have to end up giving like Alec Marsh or something like that just because Josh Taylor comes out and is one of the best relievers in the game. Well, it's not based off of this person's performance going into next season. I mean, it's, That's it's kind to of be named later it and it's... I think it's it has to be completed before the season starts. Uh, not this season, I don't think. I could be wrong. I guess I don't know. Maybe I know for a fact that when the, when these types of trades happen in the middle of the season, it's absolutely based on how well that player performs. Like yeah. Dan, we, like when we had a player to be named later from the Dodgers when we traded Danny Duffy. Yeah. If he would have been a transplant into the rotation and continued pitching the way he was when we traded him, we would have gotten a top thirty prospect from them. Okay. Okay. Um, um but but still but still I, I just I, I would have with the upside that Mondesi had, if we were also sending a player to be named later, I think we could have gotten a top thirty prospect from the Red Sox. Mainly because their system is not that deep. Yeah. It's and not, a guy at like twenty five for them is not that heralded of a prospect. The only problem with that, and I'm not saying <sighs> I would have almost preferred Jeter Downs. In this deal, I don't even know if he's still on there. I know they DFA'd him. I don't know if he's still under he's their not, control. I don't. He's not. Under but that, but I, like a guy like that's at least young and has crazy upside. You know, that would have almost been a Mondesi for a Mondesi type trade, if anything. You know. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna point to this tweet that I think I saw you liked it, and that's why I liked it. But it says I can understand the Royals trading out Alberto Mondesi. I cannot understand the Royals trading Mondesi for a soon-to-be 30-year-old middle reliever. No, you're not getting an elite prospect for Mondesi, but you could get someone with meaningful upside. Here's the problem with that, as I think the Red Sox, they don't want to get rid of arms, and the and the Royals are just stockpiling arms and throwing all of them at the wall and hoping some of them sk- yeah. stick. Yeah, I, I tr- I'm, I'm trusting them for now because in my head I'm assuming Quatrero has some sort of say in their, um, their the moves that they're making right now. I don't know if you could have said the same for like Matheny um, or frankly even Yost for that matter because Yost was just a player guy. He was there to control the players. He wasn't and put the lineup together. He wasn't really there to make anybody better because they were already good, right? Um, with all due respect to Yost, I love that dude. But Quattrero is a dude that could not only elevate the talent you have but actively put it to use in a way that maximizes everyone's abilities. And that makes me think that he is somewhat involved – in the acquisitions we're making. And so if he is and we ha- we trade for a pitcher, I'm trusting that he sees some sort of ability in that pitcher based on the franchise that he's coming from. The Rays, out of anybody in the entire league, have been good at finding pitchers and 
turning him into something that they can then trade away for great talent. So, um, we'll see what we'll see what what it pans out to. I don't love the the trade now, uh, but I'm trusting the new front office and I'm trusting the vision that is current is currently there. Now, if this means that Hunter Dozier is going to be a starting everyday third baseman instead of Alberto Mondesi, I'm going to be really fucking pissed uh, off. Yeah. I'm going to be really annoyed. Nate Eaton better be, better um, be given every opportunity to play third but base. But they have there has been some other rumors since the Mondesi trade that we are shopping infielders. Maybe that means that there isn't third baseman Nikki in Lopez, there. Nicky Lopez, yeah. Um, I, maybe I, I mean, that, I maybe it means we're trading Nicky Lopez and we're looking for a guy that can play third base. Maybe. Maybe they have a guy in the system that they think can be your everyday third. But I think Nate Eaton could do it. His arm strength isn't fantastic, but I think he's better defensively than Dozier. I'd be interested to see if they put Michael Garcia at third. I wouldn't hate it. He's got the arm and he's crazy talented. He's crazy talented athletically. And you think that they? And then they could maybe be like, "Hey, just focus on the bat. That's what we want. Deal with the bat right now." Yeah, I think. I think. I think you have the Royals are set up the way they want to be set up right now. Now that they're cutting fat, that's exactly what these what these trades are. Yeah, they're getting rid of people that are taking away at bats from people that are younger. Yeah. that is that is exactly what these trades are. And I don't think that they're stupid. Yes, I do not like the return for Alberto Mondesi, yeah. but also take the Red Sox out. Is there anybody else making an offer? Maybe that's why the Royals. Didn't well, and and honestly, anything. that's part of why. Like I. I wish they could have gotten more because you know that the Red Sox are desperate, right? They just paid a lot of money for Trevor Story, who's not going to play next year. Yeah. They also just let Xander Bogarts walk. I so mean, like, can you blame them? I'm not giving no, eleven still, years to a still, 31-year-old. You know that they don't have a middle infield at all. Yeah, no, they have somebody to. They DFA'd their star shortstop prospect who was playing third for them. They let their best shortstop walk, an all-star shortstop. And the guy that they, the shortstop that they paid to play second, is now injured for the whole season. You could have probably forced their hand a little bit for Alberto Montesi, especially with what he could be, right? I mean, they've got the money too that if he does pan out this season, to pay him. Yeah, you're right. So you're I, right. that's that's the big issue is you had the Red Sox in your corner. They needed him more than you needed to unload him because at worst you had him on a pretty cheap arbitration deal. For the rest of the season, you trade him at the and deadline. And you could trade him at the deadline, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, 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 for the, I don't hate the return. I just think that we could have been smarter about it. But like you said, trim the fat. They want to get the young guys opportunities. Like they said, Bobby Witt is their starting shortstop. They said that today. Yeah. Um. They want. I think they want Michael Massey to be getting a lot of second base reps. I think if anything, this means Nicky Lopez could be getting a lot of third base reps if they don't chop him. Which I don't love, but I don't hate because he's great defensively, and his arm might not be awesome, but he can make up for it with the some with the amount of balls he's going to stop over there. Yeah. I mean, he automatically is going to have a wider range than any third baseman in the entire league, you know. Um, but I think I think I think the the good thing that happened for this trade with these trades is that, uh, like we said, trim the pa- trim the fat, but also. Like, since Michael A. Taylor's gone, now you're going to be able to get consistent looks at Drew Waters in center field. And Kyle Isbell. And Kyle Isbell. Who... Well, and that's what I mean. You're just going to have... You're just going to have battles. And be I, like, guys, go fight for it. Here's the thing. I checked this out, and I I know Kyle Isbell has a long way to go offensively. Um, Michael A. Taylor won a gold glove one, one of those years and was a finalist the next year, right? Um, was still fantastic defensively that year. He was a finalist. He just didn't nail the, the gold glove. Um... <laughs> 
Michael A. Taylor was worth. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the total. 19 defensive runs saved over those two years. It's pretty good. That's really good. Um, Kyle Isbell was worth 13. You want to know the difference in innings between the two of them? A lot, a lot. 1,400 innings. Kyle Isbell had 1,400 less innings played than Michael A. Taylor and was within six defensive runs saved. 1,400? Michael A. Taylor had 2,200 innings played over those two seasons. Kyle Isbell had 800. That's 155 games. Matt, that is a whole season of baseball that okay, Michael fine. A. Taylor played and Kyle Isbell didn't. He's only six runs, but six defensive runs saved less. That's batshit crazy, is it not? Yeah, that's crazy. Michael A. Taylor is a really good defensive outfielder, but he is nowhere near as good of a route as a at running routes to balls as Kyle Isbell is. Kyle Isbell is the best, has the best routes in the outfield out of any outfielder in the entire MLB. He is in the one hundredth percentile for that stat. However, they quantify it or qualify it, whatever the word would be, in uh, Baseball Savant, I believe it was, that does that. That's him. He is that dude. And if he can even hit 270 with 20 doubles, 30 doubles... That's a a lot. If he can hit 270 with 30 doubles and scratch 10 home runs, he's an all-star right fielder. Just because of the defense. Fuck it, you can put... Drew Waters in right field and he'll be an all-star right fielder and Kyle Isbell would still be an all-star center fielder. Probably the backup because of fucking Julio Rodriguez, but still. At worst, he's a better defensive version of Gerard Dyson who just can't steal bases like him. Hmm. I don't know about Kyle Isbell being an all-star. We'll see. I think he's, I'm, he's got the opportunity. I'm just saying, that defensive stat is insane as hell. For as good as Michael A. T- everyone says Michael A. Taylor is at defense, Kyle Isbell is better. Okay. And he's 26? I'll hold you to it. I'll hold you to it. I'll hold you to it. We'll see. At worst, we'll see you platoon him and Oliveras who can't play any defense, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. At worst. Yeah, but, it, I mean, moral of the story, you're, open up, you're opening up holes to uh, put those young guys in. Yeah, you could shit. You could call up Clay Dungan at the dead, at the, at the, after the All-Star break this year, you know? Yeah, you've got you've got reasons to call up Michael Garcia now. You've got reasons to call up Clay Dungan. You've got reasons to give Nate Eaton and Michael Massey and Drew Waters and Kyle Isabel all these innings. And and I love it. Here's the thing too. There's also a bunch of stuff that we also don't know about this about the system and what's going on on the inside. Like who knows? We there's a guy called CJ named CJ Alexander who we acquired with the in the Drew Waters trade. Yep. I mean he played third. He plays third base. Who's to say they don't give him a shot? Yeah, at Might as training. Well. Like, yeah, who knows what happens? Like, I, I like who knows? 
And they've, I mean, shit. If we're talking outfield, Gavin Cross was just drafted last year, but he he's playing like he's going to get promoted to AAA this at the end of this season. You know, he he could be if he really figured his shit out a September call up this year. I think that'd be insane as hell. I don't think it'll be all September. Weird things have happened. Okay, yeah, you're right, but it's uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But if we are open and we're out of the running, and he's just tearing it up down there like he was to end the season last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude was playing high A before the end of the season. He'll probably start this season in double A. He was was he in double A already? No, no, no. He I think he'll start at double A this. That's season. what I'm saying. He'll if he starts in double A, he could be he could absolutely be in triple A by the break. If he has a great, if he yeah. has a great season, yeah. And then if he has a, if he does the same thing in Triple A, the best pitchers are all in Double A. Fun little fact for you. Triple A guys are where they peter out. All the best Double A pitchers are figure are are trying to figure out in Double A, and then maybe take like a three week stop in Triple A just to make sure that they can face all the Quad A guys, and they bump up to the majors. Your best arm talent is in the Double A. So he goes and mashes double A. He's going to triple A for maybe two months, and then he's up in September if he keeps moving. I don't see them moving it that fast because I think they're going to want to see what they have. Right, but you also don't we'll burn see. you also don't burn an Arbier on them if you do that too. So like if they're doing bad, why not? That's what I think. That's where they are as a team. Final thing I'll say it for the Royals today. That's where they are as a team right now. The the Royals are in a bunch of like. Let's fucking find yeah, out. Yeah, if you can move fast and not waste no important years on these players' contracts, they will. If you can give someone enough opportunities to te- to prove if they are legit or not, they will. If they can trade someone for what they're worth and they have less than two years left on their contract or they're over the age of 30, they will. And it's not exciting, it's not fun, it's not sexy baseball necessarily. But at worst, if you really want to be a true fan, you really want to get involved and you want to be ahead of the curve of when they're good again... You get in now, and you get excited for every single time one of these prospects comes up. I don't care how good of a prospect they are. I can promise you, if I'm still in Kansas City when it rolls around, I will be back there when Brewer Hicklin comes up for the third time. I don't care. There's enough talent in our minor league system that I will try to make it to every single major league debut I can. Shit, I was there for Sebastian Rivero's major league debut, partially because it was a major league debut. I want to I want to see these young guys play even if they're bad. I don't care if they are good prospects. I don't care if they're in our top 30. I want to see them play. And they are taking the steps to make that happen. Yeah. That's what this season will be. I agree. I agree with you. I I'm glad that they're just going to they're just going to open up the open up the fire and let them go. Cool. Awesome. Let's move on to uh America's favorite segment and drop the ball and wrap it up real quick. I'll go first. I think that this has to go on Dak Prescott. I think that Dak Prescott dropped the ball this week. He had a great game against Tampa Bay on that that Monday night playoff game against the Buccaneers. Maybe Tom Brady's last start in the NFL. Maybe his last start with Tampa Bay. Who knows? But Dak Prescott had a great game. And then he went to San Francisco and was really bad. Um, He turned the ball over two times. He only threw for three for two hundred yards. My problem is that Dak Prescott, after giving given every opportunity, just it doesn't step up, and he is not in the in the top echelon of of quarterbacks right now. He is not. He is not. He is not. And I think that. Uh, 
if you're Dallas, you you might want to try and look forward. I mean, the NFC, you can at least like get get a good defense together. Like that's the only conference you can do that. I think and have like a mediocre quarterback and keep it rolling. Yeah. But you can't be expecting but Dak Prescott to go in places and play crazy. I don't think you can. Like, Not anymore, no. I he's Br- Brock Purdy has as many playoff wins as as Dak Par- Dak Prescott has. Dak Prescott has the exact same playoff record as uh Tony Romo. Who got canned probably 4 or 5 years before he was done playing football because he couldn't win playoff games. Yep, Dak Prescott took his spot, so who knows? There might be a new quarterback in town. Who's to say? I think, but Dak Prescott is just he's not he's, playing well he's enough. He's good, but he's just turning he's, the ball over. He's not the guy that wins you a playoff game. You're going to have to have like uh, like, you know, like a steel, a 1980s Steelers defense. Or you're going to have to have, what's his fuck, the running back that they had in like the 90s. Oh, Emmitt Smith. They're going to have to have another Emmitt Smith, which Pollard's good. Zeke is washed. Pollard's a free agent, and he just, I guess he's tore his fibula, so who knows what he's yeah. going to get. He's coming to the so, Chiefs. Dak Prescott, man. I'd, I don't know. That might be a bit of a cop-out, but you know what? You know what my actual drop the ball might is? Lining up Zeke at center for the last play of the game. <laughs> and then overthrowing your your receiver so he just gets laid out instead of being able to pitch the ball or anything like that? I... The, that might have been the funniest thing I've ever seen is is Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott getting absolutely trucked by the nose tackle that was lined up on the on on the wall. Which I don't know why you expected anything else to happen. Like right. Zeke got run the fuck over. He it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah I don't. I and mean, he was reported ineligible too, so they couldn't have even like passed to him. They could lateral it, of course, but like they couldn't right. pass. That would yeah. be dumb. Yeah, I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Cowboys were. Cowboys are weird because it's like, what do you think they do now? Do they get rid of Mike McCarthy? Do you think they go after Sean Payton? I mean, Jerry's got the money to go get Sean Payton. Uh, honestly, so well, cares? yeah, and I mean, like, they're gonna have to trade too because he's technically still has a contract. And that team is pretty pretty talented. Yeah, so. and you've seen, yeah, you've seen stuff about like, oh, maybe that Payton could go to the Broncos, but they don't have anything to trade. So, I mean, they have they have a first round pick because they traded Bradley Chubb. I I guess. <laughs> They could trade a first-round pick, but they're going to want more than that for Sean Payton. He's all of him coach. I mean, yeah, but uh, it's going to be more on what Sean Payton wants. They are going to give up a first-round pick, but I just Sean Payton know. to the honestly Sean Payton to the Cowboys is kind of that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I I would I don't I kind of mess with that. Yeah, I won't ever root for the Cowboys until Jerry Jones is dead, but mostly because Jerry doesn't know what's going on. I he, hmm. he I don't know. He's just a racist old He's gross weird. dude, and I hate him. He's he's weird for sure. He needs to die. Anyway, Cowboys Cowboys kind of dropping the ball. That's just in general just yeah. disappointing as a franchise. Jackson America's what you, team. What are you thinking, Jackson? So, I don't this I don't know if this is technically recent enough for me to do it as a drop the ball, but I realized we never talked about it. And I just want to bring up the fact that Carlos Correa dropped a fucking bag, dude. <laughs> like So like I mean he I mean all like already he had Two different teams willing to just shell out hundreds of millions of dollars for him to play there for ten plus years, which is insane enough on its own. You know, like the amount of money, like that's generational money for playing a game, and it was like guarantee, like millions were guaranteed, even if he didn't end up playing. But like even going back further, you know, like I don't know what his health issues were. I don't know how much he could like have helped that. But going back even further, he probably could have known that the whatever it was. 
was there and he wanted to test the free agent market and I get that especially with his age but he three months ago maybe a little bit further than that six months ago he was employed by the twins to earn like 40 something somewhere between 40 and 44 million dollars a year to play baseball and six months later he is now employed by that same organization but for like 10 million dollars a year less like (laughs) i get you want to test out the market but like how bad do you have to fumble to be an all a perennial all-star player and end up in this, with the same organization but for $10 million less than you were already employed by them to be. And here's the thing, too. Uh, nobody's really talking about why the fuck he failed his physical. Yeah, I don't know. And, wh- then, the, and then the twins were like, oh, he's fine. It's like, I don't know what his physical was. I, honestly, I don't even think the twins were like, oh, he's fine. I think the twins were like, oh, we can get the same player that just played the entire season for us last year for $10 million a year less? Sweet. Sure, sign him up. <laughs> awesome more more time too because when he is healthy he's really really good, right so. it's I, <laughs> I I in recent memory I can't think of a single player who screwed himself over that bad when it comes to money like at least there's guys that like maybe screwed themselves over and like ruined their career but at least they were still getting paid you know like they got paid like guaranteed money and then ended up playing like shit the rest of their career or before you know like this dude left guaranteed money for the next two, three years of his life to try to find more money somewhere else for the next 10 years of his life and ended up getting less money than he would have made over the next two or three years over the span of like six years, which is just wild. I, I, I hope to God that he did not know about like the physical stuff. Like, whatever that was, but I genuinely, as an athlete, don't understand how he wouldn't have known that that was going to be an issue. Um, that being said, dude dropped the ball in about at least probably $60 million. Um, way more than that. Closer to like $100 million if you count the two contracts that didn't end up going through because he failed his physicals. Athletes, if you're listening out there, number one, don't trust yourself too much. You got to be a little cocky to succeed, but don't trust yourself too much. Two, take care of your body and know what the hell is up with it. Three, if you're a little unsure about making money and who can give you the most money and you're still a couple years away from being in slash through slash halfway through your prime, stay where you're getting $44 million a year from for just one more year until you can confirm you're going to get 300 million instead of 100 million. You're telling me more money's better? More money is better. That's crazy. That whole more money, more problems? Bullshit. Make your more money. More money gets rid of more problems. How about that? <laughs> Boom. Boom. You heard it here first. Life advice with Jackson Wilkes. And with that, <laughs> we're done here on Drop the Ball this week. Go, Chiefs. My God. I hope, I really freaking hope that they. They pull this out against the Bengals. I think they will eventually. And I think that we start talking about my Lord, Patrick Mahomes. My Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. Well, my well, my Lord, comma, Patrick Mahomes, he's just finding oh, ways oh, to okay. do it. <laughs> he's finding ways to do it. But, hey, Chiefs don't drop the ball on Sunday. 
That's 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 all I ask. That's all. And I regardless ask. of what happens the rest of the week, yeah. Don't drop your ball. Yeah. Don't oh, drop I your don't, ball. I didn't like that. No. Until next time, don't drop the ball. <laughs> <laughs>